Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. On the Logistics of Logistics, I talk to experts in logistics and transportation, warehousing, fulfillment, supply chain, and of course, technology. And during these interviews, I'm always the one asking the dumb questions. I ask the dumb questions so you don't have to. This topic is level up your freight brokerage with my friend, Carrie Jablonski. Carrie is the CEO of Trucker Tools, the leading carrier relationship platform that helps brokers grow their carrier network, book loads digitally, track freight, and build enduring relationships with carriers, which leads to reuse. If you want to level up your freight brokerage, and who doesn't, please take a listen to my conversation with Carrie Jablonski. How's it going, Carrie? Going well. Thanks so much for having me on, Joe. I'm excited to talk to you today. So, Carrie, please introduce yourself and your company and where you're calling from. Sure. So my name is Carrie Jablonski, and I am the CEO of Trucker Tools. I'm calling in from Chicago, where I live, the heartbeat of freight in the U.S. And Trucker Tools is a visibility and carrier sourcing platform for freight brokerages and a lifestyle app and digital assistant for carriers. So what we do is we connect the vast majority of carriers nationally, got over 350,000 on our platform with freight brokers to provide them visibility and capacity tools so that they can optimize their brokerage, provide great customer service to their end customer, the shipper, and uh, source capacity and strengthen their uh, ability to move freight. Yep. So I want to go back on a few things you just said. So you said you do some visibility And one of the things before we hit record, you were talking about how you're really focused on the freight brokerage market. And I know there's other tools out there. We talked about them before we hit record. I think we all know them. And everybody's got a different focus. And you said, we really are laser focused on the freight brokers, which there's plenty of. (laughs) Yep, exactly. Yeah. So we've been around, I can give you the history of trucker tools in a little bit, but We've been in in this market for coming up on 15 years now, and we've really always focused on the broker rather than the shipper. And that's for a number of reasons. First of all, brokers are, like you mentioned, a massive market. There's a ton of them and frankly have different needs than shippers. I think there's a lot of, when I've, as I've, you know, gotten to know the industry, I think there's been often the, you can just folks think that the same sort of tech stack is going to work for a broker versus a shipper. And I can tell you that is definitely not the case. The TMS markets look completely different. The capabilities that you need as a broker are completely different than as a shipper. So we've really decided to focus on our quote unquote niche because they, like I mentioned, they're a huge market, but that's who we're focused on. Yep. And I think I just talked to our friend, Kevin Hill from, what's his brush pass uh, research. Yes. And I think he said there's 25,000 or 27,000 freight brokers. And the first 1,500, I think, are get 85, 90% of all of the business. And I think we recognize a lot of those names the CH Robinson, the TQLs. A lot of those are behemoths. And even when you get past those, there's a lot of very successful people running businesses that are the the other 20,000, the other 25,000. And I said to Kevin when he was just recently on the podcast, we have this also this thing that's happened with very large carriers saying, we're going to start a broker. So they obviously have, so just had Ryder on the podcast. 
they have a freight broker. Obviously, they really understand not only over the road, but freight brokerage because they've been in the business forever and they, they have trucks. There's a different level of understanding. So it's, it's a huge market, again, 25,000 or so. I, I don't know how many you guys say, but it really, I've heard it's anywhere from 17,000 to 27,000. There's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I think Kevin has quickly become the authority on all things. I just data talked to him about that related to freight brokers. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, we need him there because he did a great job with Carrierless and and onto the freight brokers. But anyway, oh, before I forget, I should mention I saw you. I interviewed you before, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes so people can listen to my first interview with you. But I saw you at TIA in San Diego. And it was a fantastic conference that you had that you guys were there in force. So please say a few words about TIA before we forget. Yeah, we are huge fans, partners of the TIA. The TIA conference in San Diego was the Technovations, which is the slightly smaller, more tech-focused annual conference versus the TIA Capital Ideas Conference, which is really the, the flagship general meeting of the TIA every year in April, which we also attend. But what I, I, I think is great about Technovations is it's a little bit more intimate and it really allows you as a vendor, as a partner like we are, to showcase your product. There were seven minute presentations where I was able to get up on stage and I had seven minutes to give the Trucker Tools pitch and explain what we're focused on, where we're going. And that's fantastic, obviously, for us to get in front of so many brokers and customers and prospects of ours, but also for us to be able to see what everyone else in the industry from a tech perspective is focused on, because we partner with the vast majority of other companies that were there. So it's great to just get a quick flavor of what's going on, who's focused on what problems, and how can we work together to help our end customer, the broker? Yeah, it was a great conference and it is a little more intimate. And it was in that, I don't know what hotel it was now, but I loved it. It was a great hotel, uh, other than they don't sell Diet Coke, but there's no no hotel does. <laughs> and it was great. You guys had a very nice kiosk there, booth, whatever they call it. But I think I feel like I met virtually everybody there. It was just a really good conference. And I did love exactly. the, there was a nice shark tank there that I enjoyed. I knew everybody who did the shark tank. I think I knew 80% of the people who got up and spoke. It was really a great conference. Highly recommend TIA. And I will see you at TIA in Phoenix in April. I forgot the exact date, but it's Phoenix in April. So be there or be square. We'll be there. So Carrie, tell us a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Give us some career highlights before you join the juggernaut that is Trucker Tools. I'm from the East Coast originally, even though I live in the Midwest now. I grew up in Boston and went to college at Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. Very nice. Yeah. Hoya Saxa. And... Career-wise, after I left school, I was a consultant briefly and realized very quickly that I wanted to be an operator rather than an advisor and kind of get into it and have some skin in the game. Really interested in transportation my entire life, was interested in the way folks moved, goods moved, et cetera. And at the time I was looking to leave consulting, Uber was blowing up and had a large operational presence in Washington, D.C. I thought, what better opportunity for me to jump on board learn really quickly, grow really fast, and just understand how a somewhat different kind of logistics company from the logistics we're in right now 
work. So I spent a while in the DC office managing markets and helping grow both supply and demand. And then I had the opportunity to work abroad, which I think is, is definitely a career highlight. I was briefly in Indonesia, and then I spent about a year and a half working in Mexico City, originally on the ride-sharing side of the Mexican business. And then I focused on Uber Eats across all of Latin America, which was a phenomenal experience for anyone who has the, the good fortune or opportunity to work abroad. I could not recommend it the more. You learn so much about yourself, puts a lot of things that happen back here in the U.S. in context. And I grew a ton during that period. Oh, I bet. I used to work quite a bit overseas in China and Thailand. And yeah, yeah, it's it takes you out of your world. And you feel like when you come back, like I've changed. You walk around for the first week you get home to the U.S. and go, you just see everything differently. Everything's different. Yeah. My sister lived overseas. Her and her husband lived overseas for 20 years. They just moved back to the US. And wow. It's, it's been crazy for them. They lived in uh, China, South Africa, Mexico, Brazil. I'm missing somewhere. Yeah, they lived a lot of places and they saw the whole world. And it is weird for them to come back. And she said, it's, a, it's an adjustment. Reverse culture shock, very much a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot's changed in the U.S. in the last 20 years, that's yes, for sure. Yes, yes, yes. So anyway, getting back to when and why did you join Trucker Tools? I joined Trucker Tools in 2021. So I think the company history is pertinent here. Our founder, Prasad and Morali, the founding CTO, started this company back in 2009, built really the original mobile app for truckers focused on owner operators, giving them lifestyle tools to help them do their job. their very difficult, challenging, important job out on the road and built that platform over the 2010s, introduced our load tracking platform in the mid 2010s and our capacity tools closer to 2018 or 2019. And they were looking to take the company to the next phase of growth in 2020, 2021, when lots was changing in the logistics world with COVID. So they ended up selling the business to our current owners, Alpine Software Group. And that's when I joined the business. I got to know Alpine as I was um, looking for my next opportunity. And they were looking for an operator who would be a great fit to come in and run a, a logistics business, a SaaS business. It has a marketplace element. And so given my background and my my skill set, they thought it would be a great fit and met Prasada Morali and joined in 2021 right after the transaction closed as our COO and then transitioned into the CEO role in early 2022. Nice, man. You've seen it. You've seen a lifetime of craziness in these last few years. We had that huge boom during COVID. And now, I don't know if it's historic, but it feels like a historic low at this one minute. From the the graphs I see every day from freight waves, it, it definitely seems historic. Yeah, it's interesting. I I really got in as the COVID boom, into this part of the logistics world, as the COVID boom was ending. So I've lived most of my brokerage-focused life my carrier-focused life in these challenging times. I'm very much looking forward to things hopefully flipping in mid-24. Yes. I just had my friends from Ryder, Kevin Clanch, on the podcast. And Ryder does an economic research thing for every quarter, I think. And they do it in cooperation yep. with Freight Waves. And I think they said... It's, 
end of second quarter, beginning of third quarter, we should look to see some recovery. And then they're already seeing what I think they called choppiness in the market, meaning we're starting to yep. see hopefully some move towards um, better times. And I said to Kevin, six months ago, everyone I talked to would say, end of fourth quarter, beginning of first quarter. And he goes, Joe, had you talked to me, I would have said that six months ago. So I think the economists, and when I say economists, there's Freight Waves has a very respected group of economists, uh, Anthony and some others that I've interviewed on the podcast. They're trying to read the tea leaves and tea leaves implies that it's uh, magic, but there's a whole bunch of indicators they're looking at. And it seems as if the consensus is it's not fourth quarter because we're talking right here on 1219. We did not have a recovery. I don't have to tell you that, Carrie. It's looking doubtful for the first quarter, but hopefully as we get into the second quarter, we start to see some blue sky. Is that how you're seeing the world? That is exactly it. It is pretty funny. Maybe we're always two quarters away from salvation, oh, what it sounds like. But yes. from but what I've heard from our customers, I've been talking to a ton of customers, certainly this month, just about what they're expecting in 24 and how their 23 went. And that's what most folks are saying is that they're expecting from these are brokers I'm talking to. So they're, they're talking to their they're looking at forecast and volumes from their customers, shippers, seeing things hopefully starting to turn in Q2 inventory levels have now burned down to a healthy point. Hopefully we're going to see some interest rate cuts in March, maybe from the Fed. Things hopefully are just across the board. Capacity burn off is slowing down as well. So we're- When you say capacity burn off, you mean that means companies getting rid of trucks or leaving the market, right? Yeah, exactly. I guess that, that was quite a euphemism. Yeah, the unfortunate reality. So armies need to leave the going. field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The unfortunate reality of carriers going out of business or shutting down their own authority and leasing on to a different, a larger carrier that manages their business differently. Yeah, that brings us to our topic today, which is level up your freight brokerage. I, I'm sure there, if, so we're recording in the fourth quarter, 1219. I imagine this will probably be published in the, in January. So happy new year to everybody. <laughs> when, when we think about what's happened, I mentioned the 25,000 freight brokers, the top 1500 that have what, 85, 90% of the market. Kevin will hone in and tell us exactly what they have at some point, but we'll just call it the 80%, 90% of the market. It's owned by the first top 1500. Those are well-known names and there are some of them are shedding heads right now. We all know that, but they're also probably, I'm guessing, not afraid to invest in their business. They're saying technology is going to give us an edge. And when we get to the second quarter, our third quarter, whenever we get back to good times, we're going to be ready. We're going to, we're going to be set for success. The other companies that are out there, um, I think for good reason, are sitting on their hands saying, I cannot spend. We're letting people go. Margins are low. The world is falling apart. I can't level up my freight brokerage. And again, I get that sometimes you just can't spend money you don't have. But there's some reasons we want to level up because the big guys and even the smaller guys who are partnering with companies like yours are gaining a competitive advantage right now. So please elaborate on that for just a moment, Carrie. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think the simplest way to think about our visibility tool that we've been laser focused on over the last year is that it allows 
your team to automate those manual time-consuming tasks of calling carriers, checking in, sending those updates onto shippers via email so that your folks can focus on revenue generating new business activities. And that's ultimately what is going to get everyone through this period of time. We've seen, interesting enough, interestingly enough, actually, we've seen an increase in demand for visibility tools over this kind of freight winter, if you will. And I think that's because everyone's talking about how the shippers now have the upper hand and really are the calling the shots in the market. Shippers are demanding ever more visibility, ever more compliance, ever more service. As a result, as a broker, doing what you did two or three years ago when times were flush and good is not going to be enough to get you through into or get you through this, like I said, freight winter. You're going to need to be using tools that provide more comprehensive visibility that make it easier for your people to do that, that allow you to really live atop those shipper scorecards. So we, it's interesting that we've seen, despite this, of course, overall downturn in volumes, in the market, in rates, a, a big increase in demand for visibility tools, especially, might I add, broker-focused visibility tools. We spent some time talking before we recorded about how the shipper and the broker markets are often conflated from a tech perspective, and they really are quite different, very different needs, very different use cases, very different integration capabilities. And that's why we've chosen to double down on our broker customers. Yeah. And and by the way, I talk to a lot of people, obviously, on the podcast. And even besides the podcast, I talk to people offline who I'm going to be talking to later. When you talk about a transportation management system, sometimes people say we have a TMS and it is for brokers or for 3PLs. And a lot of them will say it's for brokers, 3PLs, also for freight forwarders, also for shippers, and and more power to them. That's their vision, and they want to execute. <clears throat> but it's a it's it is a big challenge because you have now you're being pulled in different directions each time. And again, I'm not saying that's not the right answer. Perhaps it is. And when you talk about a visibility tool, the shippers want one thing, freight brokers want another thing. And again, I am not smart enough to say you guys are doing it right or someone else, but there is some benefit to saying we are laser focused on one market segment, and that is freight brokers, as opposed to saying we work with four different customers. Everyone. (laughs) It's tough. I I think that's in part what's helped us get through this challenging period of time. Software has been really hit over the last 18 months. And I I think that's in part because unless you're solving a really specific pain point for an end user and understand that customer deeply, it's a lot easier to cut software spend than it is to lay folks off or make really difficult decisions around headcount. So I'm proud of the durability of our tool through the, this period of time, because I think it, it, a couple of years ago, it was a lot easier to raise money and say, hey, we're doing this for everyone. We're going to usher in this new era of freight and logistics and connectivity and when the tide goes out, I think you're able to see <laughs> right. what specific problems focus are re- folks are really focused on. Yeah, that's my go-to phrase is w- when the tide goes out, you find out who's not wearing a bathing suit. And when the tide goes out, in this case, it is when the market slows down and when money is less available. And by the way, we all like it when things are flush, but 
when investment dollars are flooding in and and r- rates are high, there's a, a little bit of a euphoria and we think, hey, these times are going to last forever. Just like right now when it's slow, we think these times are going to last forever. It's hard to convince my lizard brain that it will not be slow forevermore once it goes down like this. But I think the big boys, and again, not just the big boys, but for sure the big boys, they are always looking at unit economic costs, their cost per transaction. So they're looking and saying, I do this many loads and here's how much they cost me for each transaction. We all need to start looking at that though. So how does what you guys are doing help me lower my freight brokerage cost per transaction, unit economics as they were, unit economic costs. How can you help me on that? Yeah. So you can almost think about our total addressable market here as the total headcount spend of a freight brokerage. Brokerages are very people intensive. That's how you scale, right? You hire more people, you sell more freight or you move more freight, you hire more people to make sure that freight is moving in the way it is to service the the shippers, et cetera. That is expensive. It's, it's effective. You can move fast, but it is really expensive. People are businesses by far biggest line item, biggest cost. And then people are the most important thing about businesses too. So I'm, I'm not trying to downplay the importance of that. But when you think about those activities that people can be focused on, would you rather have someone sitting on the brokerage floor, calling new customers, calling prospects, really solving tricky, gnarly problems that come up? Or would you rather have them calling on carriers saying, hey, man, where are you? Okay, great. Let me email the shipper. Which one of those two activities is going to generate more revenue for your business and going to, frankly, be a much more engaging, exciting place to work for that employee? I think we all know it's going to be the latter. So our tool is really, the the way it helps drive down those unit economic costs is by allowing you to redistribute your headcount spend elsewhere. Of course, our visibility tool is a lot cheaper than hiring heads. So I'd be happy to talk about the ROI as well for anyone who's interested. But at at its core, it's all about automating those manual tasks. And then also, like I mentioned, in a time like this where shippers really have their kind of pick of the litter, if you will, when it comes to partners and vendors they're working with and the service levels that they're demanding of those folks or requiring of those folks, you got to get the table stakes like visibility right. And visibility has became a real table stake over the last several years. I know a couple of years ago, it was starting to become something we talked about, maybe one update per shipment was enough. That is not the case anymore. Everyone cares about highly consistent tracking on every load. And as we move forward, it's going to be end-to-end, true, pure visibility. You can see in real time where your freight is. So we're expecting that to continue to happen. So it's, it's not really something you can afford to not have as a broker. Yep. So you guys sell visibility tool. And before I hit record, I was asking some questions about how this visibility works. Just because, and, and again, I, when you talk about people making check calls, I think a lot of people would be listening going, oh no, nobody makes check calls anymore. We all use visibility tools. And I think we also think everybody's using a WMS to run their warehouse and everyone's using a TMS to run their business. Not everybody is. And I think if you're a smaller company, you say, yeah, that'd be nice. Joe, Carrie, that'd be nice if I could get to the next level, then I'll buy my TMS, then I'll buy these visibility tools. And I think we've all been in those positions. But getting back to the visibility, you guys put, am I right to say this? You put a, a code inside of ELD makers. So there's all these, there's 200 some ELDs 
And those are the electronic logging devices for anyone who's not in the trucking space. You guys work with the ELD companies and say, can we put our code in there? And then when somebody wants to activate it, they have to say, yes, I'm driving and I agree to be tracked by this trucker tools. They have to agree. So it could be inside the ELD and it could be dormant until somebody says, yes, I agree. I want to do this. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. I, carrier privacy is always been paramount for us. Again, goes back to our roots as the first mobile app for owner operators out there. We know how important that is. Independence is a huge driver of what even brings folks to pursue a career in trucking. So we, we're really respectful of that. Yes, we do have integrations with somewhere in the 150 range and adding more and more every month of the ELD providers with tens of thousands of integrations and just continuing to, with specific carriers, tripling our network year over year. And our integrations are super seamless. We have one-click integrations with a lot of these ELD providers where all a carrier needs to do is go into the dashboard of their ELD, click trucker tools, and then they're integrated with our, our network. And that tracking, again, only initiates whenever a broker sends you you agree to haul load pickup time we have all of that automated in our platform so that we're only tracking you when you are actually hauling that load on the clock you're able to take breaks effort to pause that's all in there and, and has always been a huge focus for ours and you also in addition to the eld you have a lot of downloads downloads you have a lot of in apps that are on mobile phones and that is we talked about this for hit record not everybody wants to do the latest download, but you guys have been have you've had an app in the market since when you say 2010, 2009? 2010, yeah. Before I had an iPhone, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I was gonna say I don't know if I used any apps 10 years ago, but I was not a Blackberry in 2010. There there yes, exactly. So there is app fatigue. So when you say to a driver, and by the way, there's been lots of people on my podcast say, hey, it's real simple, just download our app. <laughs> yeah but loses a little bit of its steam when i said it to the a driver 10 times oh by the way you're doing one load for us this one time download our app you're like i gotta think there's a little bit of oh come on give me a break so yours i'm, I'm guessing is the reason you guys are still around and doing so well is because it's an incumbent yeah yeah so we we do have that advantage and that we've been around for 13 plus years, 14, 15 years at this point, and have lived on those mobile apps of carriers for so long. We've seen a lot of carriers, of course, transition their preference to ELD. So that's an option. We always try to start tracking the ELD. If not, we default to our mobile app, which is really popular. And that's because it's not they just need options. We, yeah, they need options. And, it, and it's not just because carriers can track with us, but we've also got 20 free lifestyle tools in that app so they can track their loads again with carrier visibility and or carrier privacy kind of as the the utmost thing we're solving for in there you can see very clearly when you're getting tracked when you're not if you want to pause if you want to take a break etc we've got a loads marketplace in there with um, hundreds of thousands of loads available to digitally bid or book on at any given time and then we've got all of these other tools fuel optimizer, truck-specific routing, way station locator, truck stop review, so you can understand what amenities are, what truck stops. And that all keeps our app on the phone of carriers. And when it comes to downloading specific apps too, if you're a carrier, especially if you're a smaller carrier, odds are you're working with several brokers or several potentially shippers as well. It is a heck of a lot easier to have a single app downloaded to track 
rather than needing to work individually with all of these brokers and using their own proprietary apps. And we've, I've noticed a shift in the market over the last even 18 months. Sure, the mega brokers, like we were talking about, the ones who we, we all know their name, they're the top five, 10 brokers. They're all focused on developing their own proprietary apps and having them out there. A year and a half ago, two years ago, a lot of those kind of more mid-sized brokers were investing in their own mobile apps. And we have really seen a shift away from that because it makes a lot more sense economically for them to use the tech that's already out there, invest in a tech stack like we have. So they can partner with you? Access carriers that way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That Again, this happens all the time. By the way, before we hit record, you asked, I told you I got a brand new uh, laptop and you said PC or Mac. And I said, PC, I started using a PC. And at some point somebody said, why don't you switch to a Mac? I was like, cause I use PCs. I'm, I'm never going to switch. Right. I have an Android phone. His face says, Oh, you got the bubbles or what? I'm like, I'm not never switching. Cause I like it. I don't want to go change. And that is, I, it works fine for me. And I got to think with that, your app, they download it. If it can tell them, the things they want to know, and it's easy, and they're used to it. It's a habit. It's going to be really hard to say, hey, you don't need to use the trucker tools. Use our brand new app that's got just a little less information in it, and you're not as used to it, but make that change. Why? It's it, None of us want to change, and none of us want a new mobile app. It's just It really has to add value to my life for me to do that. Exactly. Exactly. So when we talk about visibility, you can connect this information. You can get that so it goes right into my TMS. I can get that via email any way I want it. I can get the visibility on where that truck is at and I don't have to go chase it. That's exactly it. So again, like I mentioned, we always start with those ELD integrations. We have what we call waterfall tracking. So start with ELD. We also do API integrations with, with certain carriers. If we don't have that ELD integration, our team is going to work on building it. First of all, we've got a dedicated ELD operations team within the business. We're always looking at who are the top carriers doing the lion's share of the loads with our brokers who do not have ELD integrations. That's how we're prioritizing adding folks to our network. And our network is many to one or one to many. So if you're a broker and you're starting to work with a carrier who has an ELD integration with another broker through Trucker Tools, you're actually able to take advantage of that and track via ELD. So it's a really fluid, seamless ELD network just designed to get as many carriers tracking that way. From there, if the ELD network has not, or ELD integration has not been built yet, we default to our mobile app where we're getting five minute pings every, from start to finish. So still really seamless end-to-end visibility. And then still, we also have a text-to-track function. So text-to-track, WhatsApp-to-track, that's a last-case resort. If we lose connectivity, for example, we can automatically send a text to that carrier and then clicks a one-time link in their, on their phone, and it sends a one-time update on where they are. So that just gives you the, kind of the extra sense of security as a broker to continue to, again, increase compliance so that you can provide great service to your shippers. So you can tell me with your... Uh, data, which is objective because it's just tracking. You can say, this is when the guy passed the gate and got to that pickup location. You can tell me when he took off and he's fully loaded and started heading for the destination. And you can tell me along the way, different points. How is it? What are the increments of the data, of the visibility? Is it 15 minutes? Is it an hour? It's every five minutes, actually. So we pride ourselves on having the most frequent updates of any visibility provider Ooh. in the market. Uh, 
Yeah, that's a lot of data, but I don't have to, I don't have to swallow it all. I just get what I want. Exactly. And then can you tell me when I deliver? So I passed the gate and I'm now at the the destination. How about, how about proof of delivery? Can you help me with that? Yes. So we have, first of all, we have really detailed, specific custom geofencing tools for brokers. So you draw geofences in a totally customized polygonal shapes. We'll provide all of these updates on status changes from carriers directly to you and into your TMS. And then at delivery as well, we have a POD, a document scanner in our app. So you can require carriers to send PODs, whatever it is. You can have them take photos. That's proof of those delivery. Are also <laughs> proof of delivery. Exactly. Excuse me. And those are all geotagged through our application as well. So it's not like you're just taking a photo and then you can upload it from your camera roll. That is, unfortunately, in a time like this, when fraud is such a challenge and we expect it to continue to be a challenge, that is not secure. So every photo that is taken through our document scanner is geotagged, timestamped, and only able to be uploaded through our mobile app. What is geotagged? So that means that we have the exact lat long of where that photo was taken. So a carrier can't take a photo somewhere else and then upload it into our mobile app. And it actually captures the location that the photo was taken. Yeah. And by the way, a consulting company called me not so long ago and they said, we really have a problem with one of our customers, blah, blah, blah. And they want to talk and delivering something very expensive, electronics and dropping. So this is a company that all of you would recognize the name, dropping off at a retailer that everyone recognized their name, huge retailer. And they said they are not getting proof of delivery. And he you go, oh, no big deal. You can't invoice for that truckload if you don't have proof of delivery. Exactly. It could be hundreds of thousands of dollars. It is pretty remarkable to me how, A, how many loads still aren't tracked. There's no visibility. That's You mentioned that before. Like, oh, of course, there's no one's making check calls anymore. That is not the case. I cannot believe how many brokers are still making check calls. And old habits die hard. This is, I, I understand services up you know, paramount in this industry, but you can provide such better service if you're using tech to your advantage and then adding that extra layer of the human touch on top of that. And, right. and same goes for receiving PODs. You're just making your AP and AR department work overtime if you don't have a streamlined system for collecting that information. Yeah. I, by the way, my brother-in-law is a CFO and I asked him, I said, what if you don't get a proof of delivery? He goes, then we don't pay. And he just was, it was that quick. We don't pay. And to me in this day and age, not getting a proof of delivery, I swear to God, if I I, I would want to jump in my car and track down the people who did not (laughs) give me my proof of delivery. And I never understood this when I was still doing freight where I'd say, do we have that proof of delivery? We should have it Monday or Tuesday. I'm like, it delivered today. Why can't I have it today? And again, I don't want to blame the driver. They're the ones who are going to be on the road. They're not sitting there with tech available all the time, but your tech allows them to do it. They can get it scanned and get it done. And we need to do that. And we need to just change our behaviors on some of this. And by the way, same with detention, one of the things that drove me crazy as a 3PL is when they'd say, oh, yeah, there was detention on that load six weeks ago. I'm like, the day to tell me there was detention was the day there was detention. I don't want to pay 
nor does my customer want to pay six weeks after the fact. None of us remember that Thursday afternoon. Exactly. Exactly. And it has a real, we talk a lot with our carriers right now about cash flow, managing your business to get through these times. And you're not necessarily making massive profit. You're just making sure that you can pay your expenses. And every everyone in the value chain is stretching the net payment terms. You're going from going as you're trying to stretch that cash as long as it will go. So if you're sending PODs a couple of days late or receiving them a couple of days late, that is that could jeopardize kind of your cash standing as a business when everyone's running as lean as they are right now, given where rates are. And that's existential for a carrier or a broker. Cash management is everything. Yep. Yep. So let's switch gears and talk a little bit about capacity management. And when we were talking about titles for this, we called them, came up with level up your freight brokerage. Capacity management is a big deal because it, it's how we're managing our business in effect. And a lot of times I'll hear people say, oh, we have 50,000 carriers in our network. And then I always say, how many did you write a check to last month? <laughs> because that's usually 300. And there's a lot of stats out there that suggest that I'm using certain carriers one time and I might like them. I might say, oh, I really liked working with Carrie and our team. We used them one time. And then you go, why were we using Carrie more? And I, I, I know it comes down to this idea that you have preferred lanes and there might be some overlap in my business and your preferred lanes, but it's hard for my little brain to figure out <laughs> that overlap day-to-day with all my carriers. And if you have a whole bunch of preferred lanes and I keep asking you, hey, Carrie, would you like this one? You're like, I'll do it, Joe, but that is not what we want. That is taking us out of our neighborhood. (laughs) After a while, you're less interested in my business and I like working with you. So I have to figure out where do we work best? Where's that overlap between your preferred lanes and my business? So please elaborate. Exactly. I'm glad that's how you teed this up because a new product that we're releasing in Q1 of 2024, so most likely when this podcast is airing, is designed exactly to solve that pain point of where is this carrier, where do they prefer to run, how does that overlap with my business? I I really want to build strength in this lane. We we're still right now in the process of naming it, but essentially it is our carrier Rolodex. Carrier, you're able to search for detailed carrier profiles, over 200,000 MCs captured in there and review robust portraits of those carriers to source capacity for those lanes and portraits. You're going to be able to search by equipment type, by lane, and able to see not just carrier contact information, but you're going to be able to visualize and really understand the breakdown of the lanes that carrier runs using which equipment types so that you're able to see, hey, I'm looking to build lane strength from Omaha to Tallahassee. Okay, which carriers are a great fit for there? And then on on top of that, how do they track? What is their tracking compliance like? How What is their service level? So I can vet if this carrier is actually going to be a good addition to my network. I think this is unique when it comes to the capacity management and digital freight matching tools that are out there because I just spent 20, 30 minutes talking about our tracking platform. We have insane amounts of data on and it's actual real data it's not just hey this person clicked on this lane or this person was interested in that it is real data on where, where they're these at trucks are moving, <laughs> how frequently they're moving it is completely unique out there 
went and able to feed into this carrier lane search carrier Rolodex that we have. So I'm really excited to get that tool out there. And we've already got several customers who are you know, helping us with the build design and release and we've gotten a ton of great feedback on it. Yeah. And when we're talking about the freight fraud that is so prevalent in our space right now, I say you want to double down on the relationships that you know work. So if I say I work, I like working with Carrie and her trucking company, they've done a good job for me over time. How do I continue to work with them better and look for the lanes that work for them because I want to work with them. And conversely, I don't want to work with people I don't know uh, who, are, who might be sketchy. Might, they might not be. But again, I just I want to double down on the relationships that already work. Yeah, exactly. And that's a refreshing take, too. I know I've spent a ton of this year talking about fraud with customers and out in the market. And it's, I think that the inverse of talking about fraud is talking about carriers that are great and high trust and ones that you want to continue to do business with. And you're right. I, I think I'd be really interested and we look at this data internally sometimes to see our strongest brokers are often using the highest number of carriers in a repeat fashion. I think a lot of brokers talk about building lane strength and having this massive carrier network. That's great. But much like you said, the top 10% of brokers are moving 80% of the loads. That's how you should strive to work as a brokerage as well. You can have this long tail of carriers for the one-offs, the special projects, what have you, but you really want to have that core carrier set who you trust, you have folks there, you can call on a dime when something does go wrong because things will go wrong. This is freight. That's the way to secure your business more than building the biggest network possible. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, I worked for six months, I worked for a carrier and it's not easy. So you, it, we had 500 trucks and I remember I would run across customers and they said, oh, you guys got 500 trucks. And what they didn't know is those trucks were on dedicated lanes and they People would send you an Excel spreadsheet and say, give me your, your price on each one of these lanes. And I was like, look at these. And so I remember I met with the vice president of the company. He goes, yeah, yeah, we're in rural. We really like this one. Highlight it. This one looks good. And these were like a thousand lanes. And he's going through and picking out like five, seven, 10, 12, whatever. It was very few. So my, my original thoughts is, oh, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to make a ton of money on this went to, oh my God, we do not have very many lanes that really work for us. And you think 500 trucks is a lot. It's not to cover this country. And when I would sell an account, it, the, the first thing the VP would say is, how do we get home? You took us to Texas. How do we well, Texas? Everyone can get home from Texas. But you took us to this location. How do you get us home? What is the backhaul? And I was like, oh, because you can't sell one side of it. I realized how difficult it is as a carrier to keep yourself getting loaded quickly, getting out of that location without a, a big delay, delivering on time and getting all your hours in and then getting to your next load so you can come home. And we want those drivers to have a better life. We want them to be at home. We need to manage the time because <laughs> I think Craig Fuller has written about this right, uh, from Freightways has written about this. We don't have a carrier shortage. We don't have a driver shortage. We have people leaving this business because it is too hard and we're not paying well enough. Drivers get paid to drive. And I think the average driver uses 50% of their hours. 
The other hours are spent sitting around. They get paid to drive, yet they sit. They sit when they're waiting to load. They sit when they're waiting to unload. And they wait to be dispatched. And then they sometimes arrive six hours before they unload. And that is something we all need to work on. Yep, absolutely. And that's something that we have in our mobile app and on our carrier portal, bookalo.trackertools.com for carriers. We have hundreds of thousands of loads focused on finding the right backhaul for you as a carrier um, available to bid, book, and digitally interact with. And those are, that's so critical to us. We also have an email, email marketing that comes to you as a carrier with a daily digest of loads curated for you based on, again, where you're heading, what preferences you've given us, what we understand about you as a carrier. We're able to curate that so specifically to send you good backhauls to get you back home, for example, or get you to the next spot where you're loading. That's really the entire focus of our our capacity platform and our, our booking platform for carriers. Yep. And by the way, I was down in Laredo. This is before COVID. And I remember I was with a big group and we were an LTL carrier. And I remember going with the group and I was said, oh, let's go look at their driver lounge here. And they had a really nice driver lounge. And I remember talking to a driver. He says, they get us in and out of here really quick, but it's nice because we got the, we got the driver lounge here. It's with some comfy chairs, a shower, Wi-Fi, big screen TV, desk, everything that a driver would need if he was there. And I remember as I left, I said, drivers, if you make it really easy to drop off and if you make it easy to get there and they go, oh, when I get to that location, I can get right back out. They want that lane and they will do it for a little cheaper. So we're all looking for the drivers looking and saying, hey, look, these guys keep me on the road so I can discount it a little bit. We all have yeah. to start thinking yeah. a little different about how do we take better care of these guys? Because that truck and that that truck only matters if it's moving <laughs> and, and that's what the driver wants and that's what we all want. So we need to do a better job on all of this. And that comes down to what we're talking about, visibility and capacity management. Exactly. Yep. And by the way, also, I read that so long ago that truck stop food is 20% higher than food at Walmart. And I was thinking, it's just this insult to injury on this on that job yeah. where you're like, yeah, everything that you go, oh, I think that should cost a buck and it cost a buck 20. <laughs> and you're like, and yeah. I, I thought that was going to cost me 15 bucks. Oh, I guess not. It's going to cost me an extra three, right? It's just very yeah. unfair. I'm not, I'm not complaining about the truck stops, but this is just one more problem we have. So we have to do a better job on all of this. If we're going to help the drivers, we do have to this, I know you guys are very focused on the broker, but helping the drivers and helping the carriers be successful is part of being a broker. Huge part. It's a huge part. You're only as a broker, you're only successful as your carriers are. So yep. you got to prioritize them. So enough of my blather. <laughs> Carrie, put a bow on this bad boy. How do I level up my freight brokerage? Absolutely. You level up your freight brokerage by investing in core brokerage technology, visibility, capacity tools to expand your reach and understand who are the carriers who are the best fit. And ultimately, what that's all in service of is A, providing the highest level of service to your end customer as a broker, the shipper, and B, ensuring that you have the flexibility and the relationships, the strong relationships that core set of carriers to be able to weather a difficult storm like we've been in now for 18 close to 20 months 
to make sure that you have a, a flexible enough and a deep enough capacity network that you can rely on to make sure that you're moving freight even in the hardest of times. Yep. Yep. And I, if I could add one thing, when we say level up, I would also say partner up. You need to partner up. Yes. We all know we have to partner up with our carrier partners. We also, we also need to have tech partners who get it, who can help us be successful. You can't level up <laughs> unless you got all the money in the world, unless you're one of those top 20 bro brokerages, you need to partner with tech guys. You need a tech partner you can trust. Exactly. You, exactly. We're happy to be that. Do you know anyone like that? <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple of folks you can talk to. Anyway, Carrie, I like to interview smart, interesting people like you, the rock stars of this business. Who else should I interview? There's a lot of those in freight. I think you should interview my friend, PBJ, Paul Bernard Jarosowski of Freight Caviar. He's got a fascinating pulse in the industry, really interesting yep. view. So couldn't recommend him enough. Yes, I've interviewed PBJ before, but I would love to have him on because he's done so much since I last had him on. And he, he does have a unique point of view. And he's got his fingers on the pulse, which is crazy because he's in Poland, but he's done some stuff with the Logistics Coalition that helped the people in the Ukraine. So always happy to talk to PBJ. Thank you so much for that. Carrie, what conferences will we see you and the fine folks from Trucker Tools be? I know I'm going to see you at TIA in April, but where else will I see you? Absolutely. You will see us at TIA. We'll be at all of the Freight Waves conferences next year as well. We're great friends and partners with Freight Waves. You will see us at basically every broker TMS conference in 2024 as well. So we'll be all over the place, probably hitting, I'll probably hit six or seven trade shows next year. Yep. Yep. And by the time I see you at one of these conferences, we will be all blue sky and happiness in the freight market. Q2, exactly. Q2. <laughs> Can't wait to listen to this and see if it came true. So, Kiri, what I'll do is I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile. I'll put a link to your website and any other links you and your marketing team give me. I'll put those in the show notes so people can reach out and talk to you. And I will also put our first interview, which is, I think, right when you first got the job at Trucker Tools. So, I will put all those links in the show notes. And thank you so much for coming on and talking about leveling up your freight brokerage. Thank you so much for having me, Joe. It's always great to catch up. Yes, you're most welcome. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You have been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage with leaders in the logistics and supply chain community. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, hit the like button, and leave us a nice review on Apple or Spotify or wherever else you listen. Also, please check out our videos on YouTube and connect with us on LinkedIn. We're very big on LinkedIn. And you can also reach us on the logisticsoflogistics.com, our website.